Welcome everyone to another episode of Tales of the LGBTQ+. My name is Douglas Parsons. This podcast has focused mainly on the province of Alberta with a few forays into the rest of Canada and the United States. Today though, we cross the pond to England where we meet today's guest, Naomi Bennett. Naomi is the CEO and founder of Lesflix. Not Layflix, but Lesflix. Lesflix is a volunteer-driven social enterprise for amazing women and non-binary people who love lesbian and bisexual film and want more positive representation for women loving women. For Naomi specifically, and in her own words, she takes your existing knowledge of the community and combines this with her experience and passion around film. She is dedicated to film, women, and getting film to women. And amen on that. Naomi has spent the better part of her adult life trying to make sure that queer women are getting the representation they rightfully deserve, both through Lesflix and through previous work that she's done through Planet London, Planet Nation. Her extensive collection of lesbian interest films on DVD will tell us that. And I can't wait to talk to her more about Lesflix, the video on de demand platform, plus the numerous projects she has on the go. Before our interview with Naomi Bennett, I would like to remind everyone that Tales of the LGBTQ Plus is a weekly video and audio podcast that showcases the remarkable people within our LGBTQ Plus family. By listening to our stories, your stories, we gain insight, understanding, and connection. And we become smitten with just one more person every single week. So we continue to connect while being introduced to amazing people and topics. This episode was has been recorded live, so do expect technical hiccups, voice snafus, and other unexpected hijinks that may have happened, and it's very likely that it did happen, as you know by now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you've enjoyed the content found in this episode, as well as previous episodes, leave us a star rating a comment. These readings do help us as Apple Podcast uses algorithms. These messages get out, we get noticed, and your stories are heard by many more people. And if you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe as you must. Get those notifications when a new episode arrives. Get to take a look at our various hairstyles that take place throughout this time. Keep in mind, we're still going through a COVID pandemic and CPAP, uh, let's say CPAP scars are found on my face on a weekly basis. I'm based here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it's important for me to say that as I like to acknowledge that I am on Treaty 6 territory, a traditional meeting grounds, gathering place, and traveling route to the Cree, Salto, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Dakota Sioux. I acknowledge all the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people who have crossed this land for centuries, especially the knowledge keepers, the elders who are still with us today, 
and those who came before us. I'm opening myself up on this journey of learning and understanding. I hope you join me on this journey as we learn the truths. And now, may I bring to the screen and to your audio ears, today's guest, Naomi Bennett. Naomi, welcome to Tales of the LGBTQ+. Thank you so much for having me, hello. This is fantastic to be able to cross the pond, jolly old England. I can use all those little jokes that get said. Naomi, I'm excited to talk to you because you are doing something that is vital and needed for our community. I say that as a cisgender male that we dominate the community. When things happen, they come to us to get our opinion. Women are underrepresented in life, but in our community. And so the platform that you've worked on with Les Flicks, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we go into the platform, Naomi, let's talk about you. How did you come into being? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, wow. I mean, I've always, I've always liked to do stuff for my community. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, I think I've always, I guess, felt like I want to root for the underdog or the least looked after. And I guess as a queer woman, I've always wanted women to realize that we can be anything we want to be, that we, you know, it may not be that there's full equality, but that doesn't mean there can't be. And that actually to empower women to really, I guess, acknowledge what you're capable of and so I've always done things in my community to bring women together to really empower women to understand that they can come together and to try and reduce social isolation and just to help women to realize that we we're there's a lot of us we may feel alone but we're not it's actually just that we're quite disparate so um that drives me very much to my core I think is that kind of feeling of connection and community um and then I just yeah I guess I I just can't, I don't know, I think I've worked out that I have ADHD and also possibly potentially Asperger's syndrome. When you put those two together, you don't sleep, you keep creating things, um, and then you combine that with the love of your community and you get me. Um, <laughs> and a lot of volunteers who thankfully, quite happily, join me on this crazy journey and just say yes every time I say, how about we try this this week? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I loved it when we were uh, figuring out our schedules to do this podcast. And, you know, we both threw out the same time that we're night owls. And, you know, you can get a hold of me at 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. And let's do it. And that's what we're doing here today. Uh, it is almost 4 p.m. Mountain Time here in Canada. You are eight hours ahead of us. So you're well in the wee hours of the morning. But this is your prime time. And uh, as a fellow Nighthawk in... Uh, cheers to you, because I understand you. Hey, Naomi, lesflix.com is the platform where people can learn more about what you are doing. There's also a video on demand site that I'm bringing to the screen, which is lesflixvod.com. So that it's L-E-S-Flix, F-L-I-C-K-S vod.com two separate sites that we're going to talk more about 
How did Les Flicks come into fruition? Um, I, through my previous brands, which you mentioned in the introduction, Planet London, Planet Nation, um, I used to attend film festivals. I met a lot of filmmakers and I heard the same thing over and over again. They're making content. They weren't necessarily getting distribution or even if they were getting distribution, they weren't reaching the audience or they weren't getting any money back for the film, even though it was getting distribution. So I was hearing that side of the story and then also on, I'd be talking to the community on a daily basis and they'd be begging for content. But I noticed a trend that despite craving content, begging content, wanting to see content, these women could only name Carol and But I'm a Cheerleader and Bound and Better Than Chocolate. And I was like, this is crazy because clearly the films are being made, but they're not reaching the audience. And then I was like, there's a disconnect. And I realized that actually it was just a marketing and a communication or naively, I thought it's just marketing and communication. Um, Fossil to now, it's a lot deeper than that. But in the broad scheme of things, that's kind of one of the cause. There's a lot of things, you, you there's a lot of issues to deal with. But at the end of the day, the product exists, the audience exists. And much like most of our community, it's actually just how you bring them together and how do you actually kind of deal with a disparate community and a lack of visibility, really. Um, yeah. yeah. So I decided to create... I was like, if it doesn't exist, create it. What I did notice, though, there are LGBT platforms out there, and I should acknowledge that, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. There's some great LGBT platforms, but you mentioned before how women in our community are sidelined. We often don't have a lot of space. When I looked at every single LGBT app, the women's content on those apps was less than 10% of the overall content. So what mirrored our physical lives was also happening in the digital space, in the film space. But that's not the case with the films themselves. Between 2019 and 2021, I've identified 100 lesbian feature films that were made and, dist and distributed to put, put out into the world. 100, yet the community who on a daily basis are begging for content to watch can't name five of them. Yeah, absolutely. I was going th through in my mind and you mentioned a few of them and then I was thinking, the undertone uh, of fried green tomatoes that was done well long ago. And then I was lost because I don't hear or we don't hear about all of these wonderful films that are being made. And Les Flix brings that out. And I went down the rabbit hole of looking at the platform and I was like, oh, yeah, this one and this one. And, oh, I heard a little bit about this one, but I didn't write it down, so I forgot about it because once something gets released, we forget to advertise it later on. And then it was just, ah, all of these movies are here on this site. So when you do get comments and feedback from people, what do you hear about Les Flicks? Um. It's mixed. Sometimes we get, why don't you have these films? Because, you know, we are still new. We are not Netflix. Well, we are. We're kind of like what Netflix was like in the first few years. And I think everyone forgets that even Netflix started small and any LGBT business starts small. As a community, I think we always expect everything to be big straight away. So sometimes I do get the whole, well, you don't have this film. You know, where's Happiest Season? Where's Carol? And the reality obviously is 
um, it's a chicken and egg situation. You need the numbers to bring the big titles. You can't get the big titles without the numbers. So there is this kind of challenge of how you balance the two. So some of it is a bit like, well, you don't have all these films. It's not good enough. Um, but we get some great comments about, like, you know, I didn't even know this existed. And, oh, my God, it's so great to not have another period drama. Or, you know, <laughs> isn't it great that all the women aren't all femme? You've got diversity. So it, but we are equally, though, we, we get, I'd say, probably are held to a higher level of accountability. So, for example, we all log on to Netflix and you're quite happy that there's thousands of titles you don't want to watch. And you don't complain or you don't write to Netflix and go, how dare you, you know, but we will get held to account because I get it. Again, that passion for our community. This is a lesbian, you're called Lesflix. This is a lesbian platform. You have a trans title. And, you know, again, I think what I find is interesting is as a community, we're really diverse. We're really broad. And what I always try to say is what my experience of what I want to watch is going to be different from yours and, and from women to women in different countries. We all have different interests. We have different beliefs. We have different lived experiences. And what I try to encourage is actually that's okay and just like you do on netflix if you come across a title you don't like just press next skip past it um but i do get it everyone because we've built something that is in our community everyone feels really passionate about it and they want to own that and they want to be really vocal about that and i actually welcome the comments and the encouragement because it starts a conversation but I do think that we have to be mindful that we are all different and we're not all going to like one, you know, just because it's lesbian or just because it's bisexual or just because it's gay or queer doesn't mean it's for us. Because actually some of us are students, some of us are professionals, some of us are young, some are old, some of us speak French, some of us speak English. Some of us like horror, some of us hate horror. It's one part of who we are. But what we do is make it easy for you to find as many of those stories and then you can get to experience them. And what you need to remember is some of those stories you would never find anywhere else. And yes, some of them are great and some of them aren't. Some of the good quality, some of them are not. Some of them are student films, some of them are first films, some of them are on big budgets, some of them are on no budget. The point is, who am I to say what you should see? And that's what the mainstream does. That's why you don't hear about these films because they say, we believe you only want to see a period drama based on a beach with two celebrities. Um, we want to say, here are all the films we can find that have the representation on screen. They're different genres, they're different stories. You watch them, you decide what you like. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it should be a choice. You had me at the period drama because it's true. It's <laughs> when you have lesbian content, it's usually prim and proper and it's set on the down low in a period piece. And oh gosh. You know, Do you know why that is though? Yeah, why is that? Okay, so as an audience, we are pretty invisible. We don't have many physical spaces and we're not as vocal as maybe gay male counterparts or trans counterparts because we're not needing to do as much to kind of campaign for our rights as women. We've been quite lucky. So we're a bit quieter, a bit more, you know, we, we've also got used to having less space. So we just deal with what we've got. The, the mainstream audience also like period dramas. They also like celebrities. So the lesbian films that are getting distributed in the mainstream, they're not actually being chosen for us as a queer female community. They are being chosen because they have a wider audience. So any film that is getting distribution in the mainstream does so because of its audience beyond us. 
And the only way we will ever change that is if we can show just how many of us there are. I believe there's over 11 million non-straight identifying women over 18 in the world. Because we, you know, there's a lot of us, but we just don't put our hand out and go, I am here. And until we can do that, until we can find a way to come together en masse and show our sheer strength of numbers, the distribution will always be looking at women in general, people in general, and then therefore they will be looking at stories that appeal to the wider audience. Um, and that's what it is, is because those period dramas appeal to everyone who likes a period drama. Kate Winslet, the celebrities appeal to everyone who likes celebrities. We need to be able to say en masse, actually, we want an authentic story. We don't care who it stars. Actually, I'd rather have a trans woman in a trans role and I will pay to see it if it's a good quality, well-made production, I don't need an A-star celebrity. But we need the strength of the voices, the numbers, because at the moment there's a belief there's just not that many of us. And therefore, we will never make enough money back on a film to make it viable as a business. And at the end of the day, a film, unfortunately, is very expensive to make and it is a business. And the people paying to make the film want to see that it's got a big box office return, big potential. And so what the risk is, they think that actually, oh, a lesbian film never makes money. Now, it hasn't historically, maybe for various reasons, like the distributors don't know how to find us because we're disparate, because we're disconnected, because we're not very easy to find. And that's why as a community, we actually need to kind of come together and be much more vocal and visible. And then we can start to change things. But it takes time. It's a movement that we need to start. Yeah, it definitely needs to be started. And when you were talking about the films that get the wider release, also, I'll mention with the uh, gay men community, uh, bring that in with um, the women, the lesbians. A lot of the movies that are being done are period pieces, but also platforms for cisgender straight actors to potentially get a, uh, an Oscar nod nom nomination. I think Tom Hanks with Philadelphia. Here's the perfect time that they could have hired someone who actually had HIV and AIDS. We see that here as well with films that have that are being made with lesbians in it. You mentioned Kate Winslet. There are others. Um, you mentioned also about people coming together for um, conversations. You mentioned 11, 11 million uh, women. You also have a website that goes with Lesflix that allows for conversation with LBTQ women uh, to yes. come together to talk about films, uh, short films, long form films. And we have this on the screen and we'll also put this link in um, the show notes with wherever we, this podcast gets placed. Audience.lesflix.com backslash C backslash hello when people come to this part uh for this conversation what will people find here so the lesflix can as we call it is our community amplification network and the reason we've created this space is what we saw was um we are disparate as a community but what we found was the community does come together in facebook groups now that's great the reason we do that is because it's the one social network that exists where you can actually have proper conversations obviously instagram's pictures not very good for conversation for group chat uh, it twitter it's too short you blink you miss it a tweet lasts 2.5 seconds 
Facebook groups do offer the ability to have a conversation, start a thread. However, and this is a big however, increasingly we saw Facebook would ban you for being against community standards for using words like dyke or lesbian. But, you know, you can't post a picture of two women kissing because apparently it's sexualized content or even leaning in to kiss. Now, the problem is also if you're not out, you can't join those Facebook groups because the moment you join the Facebook group, Facebook outs you to everyone by says in this person's in this group. And here are some people you might know that are all gay. Therefore, that person is gay. So what we found was the structural idea existed. It was important to have those conversations, but it's not fit for purpose for our community. It's the sad story state. So the can is basically a space where you can come, you can join. It is completely locked down. It is safe. You will not out yourself by joining. You can only see the other members once you are in the space. There is no algorithm jumping. You don't have to post a picture of a cat to be seen. What You can scroll through it in order. Every post is visible. It's only people in our community. And it's a safe space to have conversations with like-minded women around the world who love sapphic film. So it's basically us trying to really help to bring that community together. Um, we have our main um, can space, which is in three levels. The first level is done by location, really straightforward. So you can find people in the same country as you are. The second level has more conversation around different topics and things where we talk about trailers or TV we're watching. It goes much beyond just lesbics, actually sapphic representation on screen. And really, it's just as I say, that safe space where you can have a conversation and share experiences. And we just think it's important to offer that because some members of our community want to be able to have that conversation. And we also need to be able to say, hey, I found some new queer content because, you know, Netflix doesn't market these films. They just drop them. We, we need somewhere to be able to go. Has anyone heard of this film? What's this film? And that kind of safe, but in a safe space. So that's what we're doing. Do you find that uh, the people who are having conversations, do you find that it's generational? Perhaps you have younger voices that are coming together or older, or is it a mix of all generations coming together so far? Conversations gen generally are quite mixed. And I think actually it's not, again, how we are as a diverse community. It's going to be different country to country. So obviously in the US, in Canada, in the UK, we pretty much live in quite a liberal society. The majority of us are out in most parts. So, you know, we're kind of mixed. But you find if you go into a different country, it's really different. So you get pockets of older people, pockets of younger people. You get a lot of people who maybe it's interesting when it comes to younger people. What you tend to find is you'll get someone who'll be like, oh, my God, I'm out to all my friends. And I, you know, that's great. And it's, you know, we just go to the pub and it's fine. But I realized I don't know any other gay people. So how do you meet a potential girlfriend if all your friends are straight? Yes, they accept you, but you realise actually you can't go into a pub and find another queer woman because every woman looks and, and you know, and we don't all look the same. So you sometimes find things like that, whereas you just don't think actually that it's going to be of a, an interest group. But there's different things that impact us in different ways based on where we live, who we are and who our friendship groups are. You've got women who... They've been out for years, but they still don't know any gay people or they've just come out and they're older and they've got kids and all these different variants. So actually, it really does depend on our lived experiences and country to country, town to town. It's very different. So it's lovely to see it come together, though. In England, what are the safe spaces like right now? Uh, here in Canada, we're quickly losing our bars and our pubs uh, simply because our younger generations 
are going to friendly places that are now accepting for all. So we are losing our spaces. Is England the same way? Um, the women's community has always struggled for spaces anyway. We've always really had like just one bar in a main city, maybe two if we're lucky. Even in London, we had like one lesbian bar. It's always been in the basement. It's always very small. Um, you know, it's always struggled. Um, that's not really, COVID's changing things. And I think it's going to happen everywhere. Um, it's opening up opportunities. So we're seeing more sober spaces, cafes, more pop-up spaces. Um, and that's actually one of the good things about a pandemic is suddenly there's lots of retail space and councils are much more flexible around like giving that space at discounts. So we're actually in a bit of a flux right now. And we've just had our, a new trans bar called Zodiac Bar open in London, trans-owned LGBT space, which is fantastic. When it comes to women spaces, it's difficult. But also bear in mind that's in the city. You have women who live outside but what we found during the pandemic that i found most interesting we had women attending watch parties who have kids of course they can't go out into soho because the kids are in bed but they can jump on zoom you know you've got people who are disabled and our venues are not accessible at all but they can jump on zoom and what i realized through the pandemic was so many aspects of our community are not accessible to our community and it's very easy to forget that because they're invisible and we're you know busy going about our lives what we need to take from the pandemic is how many people it's connected and brought together and also around the world the amount of women who've met online and have now moved countries or have met you know met and are having cross-country relationships is fantastic we need to make sure when we come out the other side of the pandemic fully wherever that looks that we don't forget to keep some form of online connection because we don't all live in cities and that is the thing for me as well. I think for me, I will never get rid of some of that online aspect. I want to go back to face to face because I just love being in a room. The energy you get from people is, you know, and we need to fill those cinemas. A film was not made to be made on a scene on a screen this bit small. I want it on a big screen. But I'm not going to forget that there are women who live in the city, who live in the countryside, women with kids, and they still have the same ability to connect with us. And I think that's something like so. Spaces, I think, is definitely changing. Lesflix is entirely virtual. Our HQ is a Zoom room and we are run from every country all over the place and we all run on different time zones. We are the epitome of a flexible online modern workforce. We have no physical HQ and that's the way I think the world is going. And we have to find a balance where you can bring the physical with the virtual together. And I think actually if we can do that right, we could end up with more spaces because it actually allows us to actually bring in different income streams, different communities and different audiences that will actually make businesses more viable as well. If you find a way to have an event that you can go to a venue and also live stream it to a wider audience, that venue can actually then have more money to pay more rent to keep that venue open or to go to bigger premises. And so I think actually as LGBT businesses, there's an opportunity there to expand your audience to the globe and to actually bring our community our global community together yeah i hope i hope that if we learn anything from this pandemic that going back to what was status quo before is not perfect and we need to take the learnings and what has happened over the last year and a half and expand upon it i know myself I never would have taken part in a watch party <laughs> online. And now all of a sudden it's 
the cool thing to do and I get it now. Whereas beforehand I'm like, yeah, no, there's no way, but you can't take that away from me now. These watch parties are brilliant and we need it and it continues. And speaking of needed, Naomi, you are extremely busy with things. And of course you've got Les Flix and I love how you mentioned it's building and Netflix at the beginning, it, you could go and rent from a box in front of the grocery store beforehand with Netflix here in Canada. You're also building something for filmmakers. And let's get into this sapphicservices.com. Sapphic yeah. being spelled S-A-P-P-H-I-C. There's a lot to this. And I go with this that your background, were you a filmmaker before starting this or were you just a film enthusiast? Uh, I'm not a filmmaker. Um, I did study media studies way back in college and then I realized I needed to pay the bills and I went and got a different job. <laughs> um, yeah. Which you know, is the problem that a lot of filmmakers have is it's really hard to monetize and particularly in an area that's got the authenticity, it's the toughest area to get financing for is queer film. Um, no, so um, what I've realized is obviously, as I say, when I naively created Leslie and went, it's just a marketing problem. Since then, I've realized it actually runs a lot deeper and there are some fundamental issues with the industry um, around the monetization issue. You know, there's lots of layers and there's lots of politics behind film, but basically the waterfall is an issue. But there's also around the, the knowledge and the access to tools and resources for filmmakers. So what I and I'm also, as I say, about empowerment and education and improvement and helping women to realize how much they can achieve. Sapphic Services is a directory that we're launching on the 1st of December. And the idea is to, co to collect together all the resources that will make it a lot easier for filmmakers to get their content from pre-production all the way through to distribution or to find cast and crew as well. It's a central place where if you need subtitles, you can go and there'll be a list. You can find someone who can do that. If you need an editor, there'll be people on there who do editing who you can find. Um, if you need to learn about something, it's there. So you can need marketing because what we were finding was filmmakers were, you know, being expected to market their film because they couldn't get a distributor but a filmmaker's not a marketing person they spent all their time and money making that film then they find they couldn't get distribution and they need to go back to work to pay the mortgage so so they couldn't market and again i'm like well there are people out there who can do that and it's also about education saying well actually you know this is the situation with distribution these are good things to look out for in a contract these are bad things to look out for so you don't get screwed over all these different things that what I realized was knowledge is power and we need to help spread the knowledge around. So it's really about put, making sure filmmakers have the best opportunity possible to make the best decisions for their films. So, as I say, the directory includes people, but also services. We're going to build it out and I'm going to take feedback. But it's really from that big learning that I've come across, which is just bringing everything together centrally. It's a lot easier. And then it just means that more films can be made of better quality, better, better budgets more easily if the resources you know if filmmakers don't know they need subtitles but then when you do where do you go and get them and 
it's that kind of you know it's just let's centralize it but also if you've got a skill wouldn't it be great if you could actually share that with other people and if you've learned something can you share that so this is the basically the basis of trying to really empower and help those filmmakers you know everything from consultancy and learning to as i say like you know graphic design you need a website every single filmmaker needs a website for their film so you know we've got a, a web hosting company that does a discount for sapphic film websites bringing those things together, making it just a bit easier. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You're releasing this December 1st. So by the time that this podcast is released, it will be there. Definitely our filmmakers, our actors, our people who are wanting to be part of the industry or are part do take a look at sapphicservices.com and let's build this. Let's help Naomi in this venture because it is needed. It is wanted. And good Lord, what can happen just by bringing community together is incredible. So I'm looking forward to this as uh, for sure. You know, as we go through this conversation, I'm we're, we're going to keep hitting, you know, that all the things that you've got coming up, which is a lot. But I'm also going to throw in some things about you here as well. And I'm going to ask you that impossible question that I'm confident you've been asked a million times before. My favorite film. What is your favorite film? I know it's impossible, but you this can only like, answer one. This is like asking someone who, what their favorite child is. Exactly. It's always the first one because my mom's going to be watching. It's the first one. The first one to make sure that you're taking care of mom. So, I mean, I what I would say is I'm a Gemini. I change my mind a lot and I have different thoughts depending on what mood I'm in. Um, but actually, interestingly, a lot, lots of films I like for different reasons. However, there's one film I keep coming back to. And actually, the reason I like it is I think the film's really good, but also I like the messaging behind it. Um, I talk about empowering women and about how we're really capable of doing a lot. Um, there is a film out there that I think it is the epitome of that. Um, what it shows is that um, we are, as women, really strong, we're capable of anything, and we need to really understand that we all have inside of us an inner, uh, inner Wonder Woman, an inner power that we can actually harness and use. So um, the film is Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, yes. Um, it's based on a true story, which is why I love it, because it's like, yes, oh, my God, yes. And so um, it's, you know, basically Wonder Woman comics were, were, were created, and it's based on two women kind of combined into one. And so, you know, she, Wonder Woman is based on a real woman, two real women. They were in a polyamorous relationship. I mean, obviously, it's fictional. It's not true, completely true, but it is you know, it's inspirational. It's our queer history that we don't know about, which is just depressing in a way. But it's just a fantastic story. And it just says, you know, like, you know, people need to know that. And I think for me, it's about saying to everyone, in us all, there is an inner Wonder Woman. You just have to have the confidence and have someone there beside you going, you can do this. You are capable of this. Let's do this. Yes, you are. And I'm going to just bring it up here. Uh, DC Comics has just released uh, the 80th anniversary for Wonder Woman. They have a deluxe edition here that you can get with original stories of back in the comics. 
In fact, the very first comic for Wonder Woman has been reproduced in there, and that just came out in the last month. <laughs> Queer icon, Wonder yeah. Woman. And we have to remember that um, because our heroes are there uh, in print form, in real life, and otherwise. Speaking of heroes for yourself, Naomi, uh, you're not just a one-woman person with Les Flicks. There are other people involved as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the people who are part of the team who help out? Um, so because Les Flicks is still new, we, we started out with some seed funding that I put in, and the plan originally was to go out for funding in March 2020. Obviously, the pandemic hit, so we haven't done that yet. And so we are still, like, obviously, a year and a half later, still running on seed investment. We're going to go out for funding. Until then, though, obviously, it's love, sweat, and tears. So what I have done, though, is I've really, you know, try to create an environment that is empowering of women in the community. So we have a group of volunteers. They're women all over the world who dedicate their time to support lesbics. Now, we have some women who do it for altruistic reasons. They just love what we're doing. We have some women who are on internships. They are getting tangible um, learning on different skills and that we're offering them references so they can actually go on into the workplace. We've got other people who are learning new skills where they're taking some of their existing learning. They just want to learn new things. What, again, I'm trying to do is create that space where actually I can empower women. I can educate women. We can work together. We can share that knowledge and create a space where um, we can do something awesome. And we're doing crazy awesome stuff. Everyone is part time. Everyone is remote working. Everyone is working on a different time zone at different times. And somehow it works. And we pull off miracles. Um, I would say I am eternally grateful for each and every one of the volunteers on the team. We've had some that have come and gone. Some of them are do such a good job. They get jobs and they leave. And I'm like, that was really not good planning. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I did what I set out to do. And the team does change and evolve over time. And that's really exciting to see that. But, yeah, every single one of them women, when I go to them and go, I've had another great idea. They don't kind of go, oh, my God, and run. They go, what is it? Let's do it. And, you know, sometimes some of my team will go for, for to work for three hours. They'll come back, and we've got a whole new master plan of the next project in three hours. Um, a lot of the team are neurodiverse. We've got a lot of um, ADHD. Um, we, you know, we're fast moving. We're just like, oh, my God, that would be great. And then, you know, the, the Lesflix can. I believe we found a solution for that and launched it in five hours because wow. once it works you just have to move forward with it and i think that's what keeps us moving i think a lot of organizations struggle because things move so slowly um and you know and but yeah it's it's you know it's fun it's engaging it's dynamic and everyone seems to really just you know just get on board the the, the crazy train which is sapphic representation on screen yeah, it's amazing what can be done with a yes and attitude, and it needs yeah. to be spread. There's no yes, but it's yes and. Uh, just a little bit of knowledge for yourself. I've never listened to podcasts ever in my life. Uh, back in March of this past year, being housebound through work and through life, I was missing people. I love my husband, but he doesn't talk very much. So I needed uh, a way to talk to people. One week later, Tales of the LGBTQ Plus started. 
I never listened to podcasts. I just started it. And here we are. This will be released in December. It's the best thing that I've ever done, really. And I've had a great work career. I have a wonderful life. But being able to reach out and be able to learn more about Lesflix, if I didn't do yes and and I, if I didn't press record, none of this would have happened. And so I do want people who are watching and listening just to get over yourselves. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, we figure things out as we go, but we create content that's needed. And yes, and always, yeah. always, always. Have you always had a yes and attitude or is this just because of Les Flicks? It's not just a yes and attitude. I think I do, I do. But I also have the, just because it's good enough for me, what about everyone else? And I like to put myself in other people's shoes. And I think I've always rooted for the underdog and the underrepresented. And so I guess there's a bit of that driving me as well. Um, yeah. So I guess it is. It's, it's, it's like, yes, we've done quite well. And what about everyone we left behind? Let's bring them up to scratch, up to speed. Let's bring them along. You know, yes, we have a quality, but we don't quite. Yes, things are okay, but they're not good enough. And what else are we doing? So I guess it is in a sense a yes and. Um, I just, I think, you know, if it's not good enough, I guess what I say to everyone is don't come with me with a problem unless you've got an idea for a suggestion. And also, like, everything can be improved on. I really do have a, a space where I say to all of my volunteers, if you've got an idea, I want to hear it. I don't care how big, how crazy it is. You know, if something's not working, don't be afraid to come to me. It's an open door policy because we all have different experiences. We've all got different ideas. I do very much say to people, you know, I want to hear. I'm like, you might think it's absolutely impossible. But when you talk about a crazy idea, someone else gives a bit more input. And then eventually you whittle it down to something that's achievable. Or you find out that crazy idea may be crazy, but actually you can pull it off. You can do it. You can absolutely do it. Uh, I'm going to bring back up on the screen the uh, lesflix.com website to remind people as well about the original platform. But there are a number of different things that you can do on that website. Contact, find out, volunteer. So I know I was talking to a guest who is... Um, going to be having their episode appear around the same time as yours. And I mentioned that I was going to talk to you and they very quickly were like, what's this site? Tell me more about oh. it through the private mm -hmm. chat. We put it on there and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is we, what I. We are the community's best kept secret right now. And that is our biggest challenge. If you see everything we've achieved today, imagine what we could do if we were reaching more people. And that's all I have to say. And, and that's where that empowerment piece is. We have achieved a lot, but we could achieve so much more if we have more support. And every single woman out there has the ability to tell a friend. And no one in this world is going to market queer content for us. No one's going to market queer business for us. As a community, we have to amplify each other. And so it's really important not just to amplify Carol and the big celebrity films and the celebrities and the things on TV. When you come across something small that you love, whether it's an independent coffee shop or a bookstore or a DVD or a TV show, whatever it is, no matter how small it is, share the positives. I think it's so easy to go, oh, that was crap. 
the big piece I would say is empowerment information is understand the power of our voices within our community. We are influencers to our friends. When you turn around and you say, I watched that and it was awful, I hated it. Your friend will choose not to watch it. What I would say to you is if you hear your friend say, I watched that and it was crap, just have a second and say to yourself, do you like exactly the same, everything perfectly, exactly the same as your friend? No. So just because they didn't like it doesn't mean you won't like it. Take a moment, give it a chance, because every single time we say that was bad, that was rubbish, actually, the damage is huge. But every time we say, I found this, I like this, have you heard of this? That is 10 times more powerful. Mm -hmm. And so for the everyone who's listening right now, hear my words. I love this website. I love everything that is being done and everything that all the effort that is being put into it. So whether you are cisgender male like myself, cisgender female, binary, non-binary, send the link to your friends and tell them to explore go down that rabbit hole because you're going to find amazing things. So here is lesflix.com. Send it to your friends. Send the link for Tales of the LGBTQ Plus while you're doing it, of course. But do it because that is the best way. Uh, and put it in people's faces because people have so many options right now. Let's make this our community, the options as we go forward. Naomi, Let's talk more about what you've got upcoming. And originally I was going to have this released beginning to mid-December, but this podcast we're going to double up on a week and make sure this gets out here because you have something going on with the Gilbert Baker Film Festival. And the Gilbert Baker Film Festival takes place between November 24th and December 13th. Please tell our listeners more about the Gilbert Baker Film Festival. First of all, Gilbert Baker was the creator of the original LGBT rainbow flag. And I think it's important that we know that because, again, it's a part of our history that is often lost or forgotten. This film festival was something that he was wanting to be created. Unfortunately, he passed before the first film festival happened, but it still exists. It now exists in his name. Um, and it is a small festival based out of Kansas in the US. And we um, came across Gilbert Baker Film Festival last year. And um, I met the filmmaker in various Zoom events that you would never have heard of or met before. And this year they came to us and they said they needed some help. They're a small outfit, completely volunteer led, and they were struggling. Um, Lesflix is all about the underdog. We're all about representation. And we were like, let's help then, absolutely. So we've basically sponsored and hosted this festival. We've offered them resource and we've incubated the festival to help them bring it to 2021. Um, it's online, a virtual festival. Um, they really have the same community values that we do around connecting the community. So they've got a, a, a focus around the three different time zones, you, the, the US, then Europe, and then Asia and Oceania. And really, it's about making sure that they have um, events, people come together and communication spaces to kind of talk about the film. So it's an LGBTQ festival. So there's a few men's films on their slicks for a, a few days. 
Um, but again, it's for me, it's important that we, you know, support these festivals. What we are doing also is we've added some sapphic content because again, it was it, there wasn't as much sapphic content as as uh, LGBT, the gay men side of things. So we increased that programming and just really kind of helped with some resources and some knowledge and assistance. Um, in response to that, the Gilbert Baker Film Festival has been able to take place this year. They've also been able to put in place some really cool things that I think are really important. So a percentage of their ticket revenue is going to an LG, uh, to a charity in Kansas. Another proportion of their tickets is going towards the filmmakers who have their films in the festival. So when you buy a ticket to this festival, money is directly going back to the creators of the films in this festival. And that's important because often none of these film festivals exist without these films. And often these filmmakers don't see much money for their films. So that's a really nice thing to do. And then the third piece of the puzzle is that the Gilbert Baker Film Festival is also donating a proportion of some of the revenue of the tickets into um, a sapphic investment film fund, which will help to fund future sapphic films. And so what we're doing is, and we've been able to do that because Lesflix is volunteer run, so our costs are low at the moment. Gilbert Baker is volunteer run, their costs are low, which means we've been able to do everything low budget which means there's a the, the money that's coming in from the ticket holders can go straight back out to where it matters so this festival is able to really make a difference immediately so it's just a really nice thing to do we're also offering 50 percent off tickets for anyone in the lgbtq community so if you know anyone you ask them like what the secret word is and when you get the secret code um it's gilbert you get 50% off your ticket. So um, it's about sharing and caring in the community. I say this word far too often on this podcast, but absolutely brilliant. This is great. And let's, as we're doing this here, uh, let me just uh, put that up there. Password is Gilbert, 50% off. Uh, yeah, with uh, Gilbert Baker, uh, originally from Kansas and his stomping gar, uh, stomping grounds was Parsons, Kansas, which, you know, with my last name being Parsons, these are little things that stick in the mind and it's just fantastic how it works. Um, once you told me about the film festival and going through there, ah, I watch a lot of hockey. There's a lot of hockey I see in person and on TV. There's a lot of queer films, but oh, good Lord, so many potentially good films are being shown at this festival and upcoming. And it's exciting to see our voices get out. Naomi, so that's brilliant. I also cognizant of our time together. Can you tell us about this Christmas film festival that you have on the go? running from December 24th to January 2nd. So again, Christmas Film Festival. What's happening here? So this is another opportunity for us to bring the community together. I am very aware that Christmas and the festive period is a time when you can be most isolated as, as a community. We don't all have the luxury of family that we can go home to. Some of us will be sat, you know, at home on our own. Some of us, we maybe we're not out and we have to go back to our family and have to go into the closet for a period of time. Um, there's all different reasons why Christmas can be a tough time. We've been through a pandemic. A lot of people may have lost loved ones as well. What we want to do is offer the opportunity where you can just escape. We know the power of film to allow you to escape, to just, just for a moment go somewhere else. 
So what we're doing is watch parties where you can just basically watch the films at home on your own if you want to do it secretly in your headphones to just kind of get that little bit of gayness in an otherwise kind of, you know, maybe straight environment. Or you can jump on a watch party as well and connect with other people in our community um, so that you can just not feel so alone. Um, so we'll be doing a series of events during this period, but also the films will be available to watch. So it's, I guess it's, you know, it's going to be a bit of a mixture. This is going to be a film festival that has some films that are on the festival circuit that are newer. There's also going to be some films that are dropping onto Lesflix new. And rather than doing our normal one film a week release, we're going to drop a number of films because we know, again, a lot of people are going to have a lot of time to kill. They're going to really need a bit more kind of entertainment. And then there's going to be some films we're going to highlight from the platform with some extra events and activities and things as well. It's just really about entertainment and escapism at a time when we know it's just important to just have a bit of a distraction. Um, and it is important to say as well, we do have a new scheme which will be active for this festival and it's also active for Gilbert Baker. It's called Gift a Gay and Make Someone's Day. <laughs> we have 50 passes to give away. If you know someone who will benefit from a free pass, it might be that they've lost a loved one, it might be they've lost a job. Often the people that need the escapism and the connection to our community the most are the ones who actually can't afford to access it. And so because of that, we've activated this gift to gay service. You can nominate anyone. So you can go on and nominate a friend and they will get a free pass to the Gilbert Baker Festival. We also have it at the Christmas Film Festival because we identify that sometimes you might be having a shit time and you just need five minutes where you can just watch a short film or jump on a Zoom and just be distracted and just step away from whatever is going on in your life. And we want to make sure that those women can access that in our community. Saving lives, just absolutely saving lives. That's what it is. It's uh, remarkable. Uh, you know, like I, I say ad nauseum that by doing this, I meet people, uh, new people all the time. And most of my guests on this podcast are people I've never been in contact with before. But, you know, I spend an hour with them and I become smitten. And you were just talking about the last part here. And it's just phenomenal. Just the work that's being done. And we need to highlight this and we need to mention it, that this is here. And I'm just going to bring to the screen exactly what you were just mentioning here. www.lesflix.com backslash gift a gay. <laughs> Brilliant. And let's do this and let's nominate because no matter where we are in the world, no matter what's taking place, it's important that um, we take care of each other, especially during these holidays uh, that are coming up. Uh, Naomi, I'm inspired greatly that we've talked about, um, you know, with your background as an enthusiast and recognizing that space needs to be made for women, uh, women who love women, women who love film. You're doing this and I am so excited to see where you're going with this platform and where you're going to be a year from now, five years from now. And as you very clearly said, rightfully, taking a few moments and doing it, you don't know, five minutes from now, five months from now, it's there, it exists. And it's 
we're only held back by our own insecurity or thinking that we're not good enough to do it. And it's just, ah, it's brilliant, Naomi. Just absolutely brilliant. And I'm so glad that we've finally been able to uh, get together to share this. And we were meaning to go do this podcast back in August, but work commitments with Edmonton elections caused me to stop the podcast because I was working 24 seven and it was meant to be because now we have more to talk about because you have these things on the go. We're only talking up until January 2nd when it comes to these events. What does, what does 2022 have in store for you and what you're doing? 2022, we've had a few people mention Leslix 2.0, and it is, it's the growth point, it's the next stage. The the next stage is absolutely bigger, better, bolder. The internet is infinite, and I think we do need to remember that there is lots of space, and we don't have to worry about there, you know, not being enough space we're in. It's it's global, it's online. So we um, are looking to start um, the Safik Investment Film Fund, um, and that will be about funding uh, content. So Lesfix ex- supports existing content. And then we will also be working with a fund to fund future content. And we very much will be looking to create more content to help increase budgets for content, to make it easier, quicker, to make better quality content and then get it in front of the audience quicker um, and easier. We want to make it easier for women and people in general who want to fund sapphic content to be able to find out what is available to fund and then to be also be able to invest confidentially because we do know that sometimes you might have some money to invest but if you go hi i have money for the lgbt community everyone jumps on you because you're a rarity so we want to create a safe space where we can share the projects but also allow people to confidentially come forward and say what's out there um, and then to be able to connect that because we believe there's a lot of untapped potential um of matching investors with with creators and so that's really what we're looking at so that launches um any day now we're just waiting for the press release to drop um <laughs> i don't know how many times i have nodded my head in excitement and agreement in a conversation on this podcast before i'm listening and i'm like nodding and i want to say amen and yes and all those other things as well it's just brilliant ah ah yeah i know as a podcast it's like oh formal or things like that but now that i'm learning about myself and podcasting i'm relaxing more and oh this is just fantastic naomi oh you've got a supporter here in edmonton alberta canada and i know there are millions more uh who are going to discover this website, the film festivals and everything that you're doing and jump on board. Let's go through some of these things as well here as we finish up today. Uh, lesflix.com. When I went through this uh, website, it has everything. Here's your launch pad. Here is information to find out more about Naomi and the other volunteers, what's taking place, asking questions, your forum. From there, video on demand lesflixvod.com the one that i think is really cool that needs to be mentioned as well 
the launch pad for the conversation with LBTQ women to talk about films and what you're watching. Audience.lesflix.com backslash C backslash hello. Filmmakers. We've talked relatively extensively about sapphicservices.com debuting December 1st. It will be out when this episode uh, is broadcasted. So do make sure you take a look. Realize that it is going to grow. So if you have information that can be added, do contact Naomi, creating a community. Gilbert Baker Film Festival starts November 24th and goes until December 13th. Brilliant online resources are there. Password Gilbert will get you a discount. The Christmas Film Festival, December 24th to January 2nd, is taking place. Find the Christmas uh, films. Join these watch parties. You're not alone. Lesflick.com backslash gift a gay. If you know someone to nominate to receive a pass for this holiday season, I'm hyperventilating because I'm running out of air mentioning all the things that you've got on the go, Naomi. I can't wait. Let's reconnect in about six months' time. And I just, yeah. There's going to be so much. Hey, Naomi, final question for you. Um, yeah. What would the Naomi Bennett of today say to the Naomi at the age of 15, go, starting high school, going through those formative years? What would you say to that younger woman? It may seem tough and you'll see a lot of barriers and challenges. But every single barrier and challenge that you come across is what makes you stronger and what you learn from. And every single thing you come across that you learn makes you more rounded as a person and makes you understand different people's perspectives. And so everything is worthwhile. Regret nothing. Keep moving forward. Keep true to what you believe in. And just know that as long as you're doing what you love, everything else doesn't matter yeah perfect on behalf of naomi bennett from lesflix and a million other ventures on the go my name is douglas parsons you've been listening to tales of the lgbtq plus thank you once again for checking in with us press subscribe do make sure you leave comments and star ratings that all helps us until next time, remember to be good and always text when you get home. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>